morning. Good morning. Uh, the scripture is found on page 718, Mark 12, 28 through 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God, and from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Let us pray. Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending of all creation, in your word we are unbound from death and brought out of eternal life into you. Open our ears to hear the words you have for us today. Amen. I just called to say I love you. That's a ballad that was written Produced and performed by Stevie Wonder. And it remains his best-selling song ever. And the first verse of that song goes something like this, and the chorus as well. No New Year's Day to celebrate. No chocolate-covered candy hearts to give away. No first of spring. No song to sing. In fact, here's just another ordinary day. No April rain, no flowers bloom, no wedding Saturday within the month of June. But what it is, is sometimes true, made up of these three words that I must say to you. I just called to say I love you. I just called to say how much I care. I just called to say I love you, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Stevie Wonder is expressing his love for another person and doing so here without any conditions. It's just like the love that God has for us. It's unconditional love. And as I was looking over those words, I reminded, how many of us ever do that? Do what he says in that song. Just call somebody up for the sake of calling them up. Just call them up to say hi. Call them up to say I love you. Young people, I think, do that. Young people who are dating. <laughs> that's not a reaction from somebody. <laughs> but that's okay. But maybe 
the rest of us ought to think about doing that as well, just to be unca show unconditional love to somebody. And that's what I want to talk about today, about what love is, the importance of love, and how we are to love one another, who we are to love, and what, are, what order are we to express that love. Who do you love? And in what order do you express that love? If you look at the sixth chapter of Deuter Deuteronomy, verses 4 through 7, this is called the Shema, which are the first words of the confession. And Jesus is quoting these words in Mark's Gospel this morning. In Deuteronomy 4 through 7, it goes like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Ooh, hey, there's something we don't usually think about. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and you get up. I'm reminded several years ago, we were, I believe we were probably talking about this first, I don't know. But we were in a Sunday school class. We might have even been teaching that class. I don't know. Things kind of get blurry after years. But one of the things we were talking about was something that the Jewish people had in their homes called a mezuzah. It's a little box that's hanging by the doorway. And one of the members of the Sunday school class was very skilled at woodworking. He made us a mezuzah. It's a little tiny box. And sometimes you come over to the parsonage and you walk in the back door there. Take a glance to the right. You'll see it hanging up. It's just hanging there. And inside is a scroll of paper which has these words on it. But Jesus is repeating these very words from the book of Deuteronomy when he's asked, which of the commandments is the greatest? We might think that's a trick question. Because how many commandments are the people supposed to follow? Anybody know how many commandments there are? And I'll tell you this, it's way more than 10. 613, yeah. 613 laws and commandments that the people are supposed to follow, not 10. 365 of those commandments are negative. Don't do this, don't do that. Don't wear clothing of mixed fibers. That's a commandment. Check it out, it's in Leviticus. How many of you have cotton and polyester clothes on? Yeah, nah, nah, that's, that's a no-go. 248 of them though are positive. And Jesus is asked, which commandment is the greatest? Which commandment of all these 613 is the most important? What does Jesus say? He responds with the words of Deuteronomy. He responds with the words of the Shema. He responds with the words that the people know. Love the Lord your God. Love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He continues, because then he quotes the words of Leviticus 19, verse 18. 
which emphasizes the love for another person. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus makes love the most important thing in life because love is the fulfilling of the law. Now Paul writes in Romans 13, verses 8 through 10, he says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, and therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. If we love God, then we will experience his love within, and we will express that love outwardly to others. We do not live by rules, but by relationships. And a loving relationship to God enables us to have a loving relationship with others. And so the secret of happiness, everybody wants to know what the secret of happiness is, don't they? Well, the secret of happiness is told by Jesus in the gospel text. What we call the relationship triad. Loving God, loving neighbor, loving ourselves. Let me say that again. Loving God, loving our neighbor, loving ourselves. And notice the order. If the order is mixed up, there'll be problems. Peanuts, the comic strip. There's one that Linus is telling his sister Lucy he wants to be a doctor when he grows up. And Lucy responds in her usual cynical way and says, You a doctor? What a laugh. You know why you couldn't be a doctor? Because you don't love other people. You don't love humankind. Linus thought about this for a moment and he said, I do love humankind. It's the people I can't stand. <laughs> Human groundwork for love. It has its beginnings early in relationships with parents and caretakers. Parents and children. It sets the tone for the physical, the emotional, and the interpersonal development, which enables us to display the love of God the love of neighbor, and the love of oneself. And the good news is, even when human love may be lacking, if we stick to God's relationship triad, we can live free and happy lives and have a faith that works. There's four parts to loving God. Love God with all your heart. That's a 15-inch journey head to your heart. But that journey can be a long one because the heart is in the inner depths of a person. It's the source from which all of our decisions and actions flow. We have to love God with all of our soul, our whole self, 
as a living being. And Jesus says we must be willing to give up our soul. And he will, for our own sake, and he will give it up for his sake as well. In Hebrew, this means the breath. Love God with every breath that you take with all your desires, your yearnings, your cravings. Love God with all your mind, your thoughts, your reasonings, your imagination. Be animated in your love of God. And finally, love God with all your strength. And this is the commitment that calls for every ounce of energy that we have in our bodies. And the Hebrew word is usually an ad adverb that means very. Love the Lord your God with all your veriness and your muchness. With everything that you have. And you know what? If we love God in these four ways, then we're ready to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And this is true in our relationships, our relationships with our children, our relationships with our spouses, our relationships with others. Loving our neighbor frees us from being so preoccupied with ourselves and the problems of ourselves. It frees us from the self-destructive emotions. It saves us from bitterness, from rage, from despair, from lack of purpose, from loneliness. This unconditional love is that agape love that we hear about, a concern for our neighbor's well-being. It means that we are not to let differences and variations determine our basic attitudes towards <coughs> others. Agape love flows downward through the believer to the anonymous neighbor. Divine love yearns for response Divine love initiates, and we respond. <coughs> Self-sacrifice is so ordinary that Jesus uses it as a reference point. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. <coughs> when I was in elementary school, and some of you who are teachers may do this as well, but teachers would oftentimes show us how to solve the first problem on a sheet of homework. To show us how we were supposed to go through solving these problems. And Jesus uses our love for ourselves in the same way. He shows us how we are to love others. Look and see how much you love yourself, Jesus says. And then go and love your neighbor the same way. And in between the extremes of humility and ambition are, find, are found the diverse styles of authentic love. Love of self and care for self. In other words, in order to love ourselves, we have to forgive ourselves for all the things we have done to ourselves. Because of darkness, because of hurt, being alone, frustrated, angry, or negative. Love is an act of endless forgiveness. It's a tender look that becomes a habit. 
Love of self requires accepting gifts from others. It's a gift of God that parents, spouses, and friends give to us that makes life possible. You know, we can pretend that we are the center of the universe. We can relate to others as long as they contribute to our own personal agendas. But if we live that way, ultimately we will fail. Or we can realize that we ourselves are not the center of the universe. And then we can relate to others in the order of love of God, love of neighbor, love of self. How do your lives measure up? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? I believe that much of the turmoil and difficulty in the world today is a result of a lack of genuine love. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord that he might provide you the love that you need as he loves you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, the commandments are beyond our keeping. We hear the thunder of accusation and condemnation, and we foolishly think that maybe we can just try harder. Speak our hearts again to the precious word of the gospel that faith in Christ is given to us as personal righteousness, a righteousness that is the free gift of God and is ours by faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers and help us to love others as you have loved us. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 394. And please stand to your right.